Well, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Jen A., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Colorado. Today is Thursday, May 13th, 2021, and it's 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Today we're reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, Chapter 4, We Agnostics. We're going to be on page 57. We're starting with the first paragraph, which begins with, what is this but a miracle of healing? And we're going to read through three paragraphs, the conclusion to the chapter all the way to the end, commenting on all three paragraphs. So today's Team Thursday is Anita L., Andrea B., Kathy P., Elena C., Nancy C., Ken W. H., Esther C., and Nancy J. The reference numbers for yesterday's meeting, which was Wednesday, May 12th, 2021, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time is 16,928. That's 16928. And then also the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, recording reference number is 16,929. That's 16929. So here's the Overeaters Anonymous preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. This is our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence, and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Anita L. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. This is Anita L., the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were perilous over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 
12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Have a beautiful day, everyone, and I pass. All right, I will now ask Nancy C. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, everyone. Nancy C., grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater in Ann Arbor, Michigan. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these principles, all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. With that, I pass. Thanks, Anita L., and thanks, Nancy C. Well, this is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute your phone and once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phones except the speaker should be muted. And I'm just going to ask that who's ever on the dashboard this morning remute the lines. There's somebody unmuted. Thank you. So today we resume our study in the chapter. It's We Agnostics, chapter number 4. This is going to be in your big book on page 57. It's the first paragraph on uh, this page that starts out with, what is this but a miracle of healing? We're going to be reading all three paragraphs and ending out this awesome chapter today. And I'm going to ask Kathy P. to begin reading. Good morning to you, Kathy. 
Good morning, Jenna. Thank you. This is Kathy P., a recovered compulsive overeater from Catskill, New York. What is this but a miracle of healing? Yet its elements are simple. Circumstances made him willing to believe. He humbly offered himself to his maker. Then he knew. Even so has God restored us all to our right minds. To this man, the revelation was sudden. Some of us grow into it more slowly, but he has come to all who have honestly sought him. When we drew near to him, he disclosed himself to us. Hi, again, Kathy P. here from Catskill, New York. Well, I just love this whole chapter. I love... um, it's very uplifting at the end of this chapter. The way this applies for me is that so far we've read the doctor's opinion and we find out what exactly is wrong. Obsession of the mind, allergy of the body. Then we find Bill's story for identification and step one. And then we come to the solution. And the solution is God, capital G, lowercase g, spirit, capital S, lowercase s. And then there's a whole bunch of, I think, of Scooby-Doo going, ruh-roh. Because now I'm there going, oh, no, I I got the allergy part. I got the obsession. I, I, I get Bill's story. And now you're telling me that there's this power outside of myself. How am I going to do this now? This seems too much. And in this chapter, there's almost 14 pages letting me know that this hole or hoop or no matter what I think it is, is not this tight little rigid path. It's a very all-encompassing, all-inclusive all loving path that all can participate on. And for me, sometimes I need a lot of convincing, so I need 14 pages to know. I just have to have a willingness to believe. I don't have to have all this down to start. I don't have to have all this to be abstinent. I can be abstinent and then get going because this solution will occur to me, maybe not in a white light, but in, in the educational variety as I move forward. So I find out what's wrong, I get abstinent, I move forward, there is a solution, and I don't have to go rut row, it's okay, the path is very wide. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Kathy P. All right, well, we value everyone's experience, so we ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience to you, too. So who would like to share on what was read today? Melissa C. Melissa. Uh, e from the UK. Amy. Tom A. Geraldine O. from Ireland. Tom. Who is it from Ireland? Chris M. Geraldine O. from Ireland. Thank you, Geraldine. Liz. And somebody O. Pamela P. Did you Who get Lisa the, B? Per, I didn't get Lisa. Um, 
sorry. Can we pause for just a moment? Who was the person with the last initial that began with O? I don't want to miss you. Okay. I, I think I you did. got me. I was Gerald, you know. Oh, Geraldine. Oh, thank you. Okay, perfect. I did. I wrote you on two lines. Okay. Okay, let me tell you who I have. Um, I have Melissa C, Claire E, Amy G, Tom, you'll give me your last initial, Geraldine O from Ireland, Liz, and Lisa B. So let's go ahead and get started with that group, and then we'll take another lineup afterwards. So Melissa C, go right ahead, please. Hey, thank you so much, Jen. Thanks for your service this morning. I'm definitely going to start my timer because I could talk about this <laughs> few paragraphs for like an hour. Um, my name is Melissa Sam, a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York. And, you know, like when I read this, um, I think about my ideas about miracles and like how just even that in itself has been transformed. Like, you know, that today I really can see the miraculous, like the divine spirit in small demonstrations as well. And, you know, the miracle, right, that they're referring to and the one that I, I often thought was like the absolute mission of my life was to get food neutrality. And, and like, that's huge, right? That in and of itself, huge. Um, and, you know, to go from being owned by food, right, to no longer really caring, it's just food, Um but, like, what I've come to see is that that was just the start of the miraculous. And that, like, it was just a preview of what was ahead. And, you know, since being relieved of the food, I've experienced, like, so many miracles. And I witnessed so many miracles happening for other people. You know, my own personality change was miraculous. It, it continues to be miraculous. The things that own me you know, that seem to have a grip on me, um, they it gets loosened, and that's miraculous. You know, when it talks about circumstances made and willing to believe, you know, it's like, what are the circumstances that drive us to believe? And, you know, whenever I speak to people, and I could speak even for myself, my own belief is strengthened in the hardest of circumstances. Like, I've been listening the last couple of days, and whenever people share about the moments they knew God's presence had entered their hearts, it wasn't on vacation. Like, I've never, I mean, and I could appreciate God in a sunset on the beach, but to feel God deep in my heart has always been, you know, in hard times. And, like, you know, when it really came clear for me, I was driving behind an ambulance. My daughter was ahead in the ambulance, and I was driving through a terrible storm following this ambulance. And, you know, I humbled myself before God. I said, I hate this plan. I absolutely hate this plan, but I trust your plan. And and in that moment, I knew I could feel God's presence overwhelm me. And I feel that right now. Like, I'm struggling with something with my mom and her dementia, and I come to God in complete humility, and it's in that moment I can feel God's presence inside me. And that, I don't need to eat. <laughs> Thanks. With that, I'll pass. Perfect timing, Melissa C. Thanks so much. Up next, we have Claire E. from the U.K., followed by Amy G. Hey, Claire. 
Hi everybody, my name is Claire E. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Cornwall in the UK. Thank you so much to everyone that makes this meeting and um, yeah, what a wonderful way to end this chapter and I've loved going through this chapter this time around. I just looked up the word miracle and it says an extraordinary and welcome event not explicable by natural or scientific laws and therefore attributed to the divine. And you know, I am... Um, you know, I'm one of those 10%. I'm a, I'm a real compulsive eater. Um, I couldn't keep my head out of the food for more than a few hours at one point in my life. Um, I remember once getting 24 hours without vomiting, which was my main thing, bulimia. And um, at about five past midnight, I decided I'd done enough. It was just horrendous. And, you know, the miracle, the miracle for me is, is that I haven't had to do that to myself for the last three and a half years. And, um, you know, I do have food neutrality and I eat normally and I'm a normal bodily weight and um you know for the most part God has restored me to my right mind as well and that's also a miracle because talking about these circumstances um you know I was thinking what circumstances made me willing to believe and I think for me you know it was a really thorough step one you know it was really getting to understand my physical allergy my mental obsession and just the absolute inevitability that I would overeat again and again and again and again without a spiritual awakening. And um, that's not all, actually. And I really love what the last speaker said, because actually I continue to have circumstances making me willing to believe. And usually it is desperation. Usually it's because I've tripped myself up. Um, I'm back in self-reliance. Uh, there's other circumstances in my life that just remind me how powerless I am in all areas of my life, not just my food. And, um, you know, as recovery has gone on for me, um, I think what's really changing is is that I'm willing to bring everything to my higher power, you know, every aspect of my life, not just my food. Um, and the more I can do that, as it goes on to say, you know, the more I can draw near to my higher power to clear the way through steps four to nine um, and unblock that channel to my higher power, the more power I get in my life. Um, and it's not my power, but it is kind of my power because it's my higher power. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, um, it, that, and that too is a miracle um, because there's no way I'd been able to do that a few ways, a few years ago. I was happy to, you know, have my higher power um, to a certain degree in my food, but, I, you know, the rest of life I was doing fine, as it says in other literature. Um, so, you know, it's, um, yeah, the more I can bring everything to my higher power, the better my experience of my life is. Um, and yeah, I'll leave it there. I'm waffling. Uh, it's good. I'll pass with that. Thank you. Thanks, Claire E. from the UK. Up next, we have Amy G. followed by Tom. Good morning to you, Amy. Good morning, Jen. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you, everyone, for this meeting. I feel so blessed to be here. Uh, yes, as others would said, what a great way to end out this chapter. And I love what people have been saying. I mean, I don't know about you all, but when I first got this big book, I wanted to go to the chapter. How does it work? You know, tell me how it works. That's what I want to do. I want to dive in and tell me how it works. But unless I understand the true nature of my illness, the physical allergy, the mental obsession, and I turn and surrender, right, surrender and take action and understand why I need to do that, why I need a power greater than myself, these 12 steps are not going to work. I can read how it works all I want, but I don't have the power to do the work unless I surrender. It's step one. It's a choice. I have to choose to surrender to the fact that I am powerless. And that's a choice that only I can make. I mean, we went through this when it comes to steps two and three on page 53. Either God is or isn't. And for me, my sponsor had, had me say either God is or I am. What is my choice to be? 
And here it says, even God has restored us to our right mind. Either I'm going to believe that a higher power is going to restore me to my right mind, or I'm going to try to do it. And the problem with that is I know what happens when I tried to heal my own mind. As they say in the program, sick mind can't heal a sick mind. My mind warped with the obsession and the physical, and my body with the physical allergy. The mental obsession drove me there. The physical allergy kept me there. And there I went on and on in compulsive overeating torture. So this is a miracle of healing, but its elements are simple. And what are those elements for me? It's surrender and action. Faith without works is dead. The circumstances of this disease beating and pummeling me to death finally gave me the gift of desperation where I finally said, you know, my sponsor says, look, I don't care if you think it's Jesus, Buddha, or the universal vibes of a tree, as long as it isn't you and it's greater than you. All of this had to happen for me before I could take action. Because, you know, I can take a lot of different actions, but if I don't take the right action, I'm not going to get the results. And I was spinning my wheels in alcoholic, I'm sorry, in compulsive overeating torture, take doing all sorts of the wrong things, trying to fix it myself. And this chapter has made it very clear that human experience and knowledge is not sufficient to combat this disease. And if I want to be restored to my right mind, I have to surrender first, and then I have to take the appropriate action. And even with my agnosticism, my sponsor assured me that willingness, even a little bit of willingness to take the action, because in OA, we act our way into a new way of thinking and believing. We don't think our way there. And that I would be willing, if I would be willing to go to any length and take that action, that she would show me the way. She would give me the instructions. This big book, these 12 steps, would show me the way. And that is absolutely true. We are all miracles for those of us recovered. And we offer the same solution, which is in the big book in these 12 steps. And I'm so grateful today. Thanks for letting me share, and I'll pass. Thank you, Amy G. And up next, we have Tom, followed by Geraldine O. from Ireland. Good morning, Tom. What's the first initial of your last name, please, sir? Good morning. I'm Tom A. from Maryland. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity to share. And and thank you for this awesome meeting. I've been in OA for 40 years, and I've been coming to this meeting for a year or so. And it's just so uh, nurturing every morning to listen to people who are enthusiastic about the miracle of healing. Uh, I go to meetings where uh, sometimes people aren't as aware of that miracle and and it's so vivid and uh, alive every morning here. I I just uh, look forward to coming and being part of this discussion and learning. Uh, When I first came to the 12 steps, uh, there's a guy there who said over and over again, uh, we don't read the big book, we study it. And uh, it's uh, taken me a lot of years to learn to study it one paragraph at a time, but I'm happy to be doing that. And uh, it is a miracle. And Bill Wilson makes clear in this chapter that just look around. Uh, People that were dying are doing things they couldn't do before. I'm doing things I couldn't do before. And I didn't do that, didn't learn it on my own. It wasn't knowledge that brought me there was faith. Uh, so the circumstances being beaten down and having lost 80 pounds three different times and and uh, <clears throat> just couldn't face doing that again uh, brought me to OA. And, just, and I stayed 
because I believe this is the easier, softer way. And I am getting restored to sanity as a result. Uh, you know, the, the last line he says, when we drew near, uh, our higher power disclosed himself to us. And the second and third step is sort of how we begin to draw near. We come to believe in something and then we make a decision. And then we do the rest of the steps. And particularly the 11th step and the 12th step, I think, bring me closer to my higher power. And once I've cleaned up the wreckage on a daily basis, I, I can, if I pray and meditate every day and seek to know this higher power, uh, and to see the higher power. And so when I go out and see the beauty of nature and I see the trees and I see all the suffering in the world and realize that there still is a some power for love that's bigger than all the, the pain that's around us. Uh, and I see it in the 12th step. When I go to meetings, I've sat in meetings with people who are anorexic. who said they wanted to get their weight down to zero. And I saw those people get better through these 12 steps and to, to begin to love themselves. And so we, for me, I, I, I need to learn to let a lot higher power love me and accept that love and then to be willing to pass it on to these 12 steps. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you so much, Tom A. from Maryland. Up next, we have Geraldine O. and then Liz. Morning, Geraldine. Thank you so much and thanks to everybody on uh, this line. Um, and I suppose what I love about this particular um, couple of paragraphs, we're now at the end of the chapter and this is the chapter that started with, um, you know, the main object of this book is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. And we spent the last 14 pages, you know, looking at examples um, of, you know, how people have, have found that power and how it has helped them uh, to solve their problem. So, you know, when we think of step two, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Um, and, you know, this chapter is is showing us the proof because that's the only way we're going to come to believe. And that's all that step two is asking us to do is to believe that there is a power greater than ourselves, which can restore us to sanity. And in this paragraph, you know, we're saying that, yes, it's a miracle, you know, to go from a position from starting where you don't believe that to be the case to then at the end of step two, you know, believing that there is going to be a power greater than yourself and that it will solve your problem and restore you to sanity. And I can say, you know, when I came into this program six and a half months ago, I believed in God, but I didn't believe that there was a, you know, that that God was going to restore me to sanity but as a result of working these steps, um, you know, I now have been restored, you know, to sanity. So I've got that recovery because, you know, I I drew closer to God and he disclosed himself to me. And that was such a key part of the recovery. While I knew that there was a God or I believed that there was a God out there, I didn't believe at the start that that, you know, spiritual um, life and spiritual practices, that that was the key you know, to helping me with what I thought was was a weight and food problem. And it talks as well about, you know, what what helps us to believe. And it says circumstances made him willing to believe. And if I think back from, you know, the start of November when I started working these steps and all the different circumstances that happened, 
you know, to help me to draw closer to God and to help me to surrender. I can now see that it was all part of God's plan for me that these circumstances, you know, would happen. So, you know, there, there, you know, there was an illness in the family and all different types of things, you know, the, um, things that happened at work. They all meant that, you know, I drew closer to God and then he disclosed himself to me. And then I really believed, you know, that this was going to be, this spiritual life was going to help me on my path throughout life. And I was going to use these tools as opposed to using food. And I will say too, you know, it says that, you know, to the man, the revelation was sudden. I was one of those, you know, who grew into it more slowly, definitely of the educated variety. But like the paragraph, the book says, you know, God has come to all who have honestly sought him. And I have definitely seen, you know, that I need to keep up that conscious contact with God every day. Um, and that's what keeps me well. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, everyone. Perfect. Thanks so much, Geraldine O. Up next, we have Liz, followed by Lisa B. Go ahead, Liz. What's the first initial of your last name? Yeah, it's Liz S. from New Hampshire. This is very powerful for me. Some analogous is uh, I've had several (laughs) fractures in my body in the past uh, eight or so years. And I don't sit at home and try to heal them. I don't stare at my hip and think, oh, it'll get better, or my knee. yeah, I can make it better. And it may sound somewhat ridiculous, but um, I get to the hospital. I go to a doctor. I go to someone who can do what I can't do, and that is fix it. So I had to at some point, I was in college several years ago, and I was sitting there at that point we were using typewriters. I had a bowl of M&M, and I had my typewriter, and I'd gotten to a 4.0, and it was meaningless to me, utterly meaningless. It meant nothing. And I realized at that point I needed help. I couldn't do it anymore. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't manage the food and keeping up those grades. And I went to my first OA meeting. And um, I just gave up and I surrendered. And uh, my old ideas of a higher power had to be surrendered as well. And when I surrendered those old ideas, a whole new world opened up. And that whole new world was exactly what he talks about here in in, in a sense, and that is um, circumstances made me willing to believe and humbly offering myself to God as my maker and being restored to to, to a right mind. And then from that point on, there's obviously continuous work. But that moment where I couldn't have the food and be a student at the same time was the turning point. And it's been significant ever since, and so is my life. So at the same point that I have to go to an orthopedist when I break my hip, I have to go to God when I need help with anything, anything. And it really has made all the difference in my life. But it's continual, continual, continual work. I can't get lazy, and I can't fall back on yesterday's work. I have to continue it today. And under element, um, I wrote, uh, absence of self-will, humility, honesty, willingness, and an open mind. I can't fix my, you know, my, my mind, my sick mind. And I use sick um, just in the sense that 
I'm a compulsive overeater, and I can't fix that. But God can certainly help me and show me the way. And with that, I will pass. Thanks so much, Liz S. from New Hampshire. And we're going to take Lisa B. next. But, Lisa, before we go, we're at half past the hour. Let me just tell folks where we're at. We're Chapter 4, We Agnostics, page 57. We're on that paragraph that says, what? We lost you, Jen. All right, I got muted somehow. That's okay. So I don't know what you heard, but I just wanted to let everybody know we're on Chapter 4, We Agnostics, page 57. Um, we're on graph, What is this but a miracle of healing, going through the rest of the chapter. And uh, Lisa B., you're up next, and then we'll take another lineup. Good morning. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. And I do spell my name L-E-S-A. This has been such a powerful reading and all the shares. Um, you know, I love the word miracle. It means an amazing product or achievement, an outstanding example of something. And that, that just is uh, that's really powerful. And I love that it says circumstances made me willing. This is a definition, how I can expect a miracle. And that those elements, you know, that that reader, the sharer before me just discussed was so helpful to me to learn about those elements, to be reminded. And it says, even so has God restored us all to our right mind. So that that is very important for me because it wasn't so much being restored to sanity, but I wanted to be restored to stability. I just felt so unstable in every way. And the thing I've learned going through this work getting recovered, having had a spiritual awakening, a personality change, having neutrality with food, and it says the problem has been removed. It was removed for me. I don't have to make it happen. I need to take the action steps, the 12 steps, in a state of entire abstinence, and I need to learn about that second surrender. You know, food is not the problem. It's really that second surrender. You know, the problem inside of me, my character defects and my defective relationship, my inability to, to do life as um, one of many, you know. I want to be above or below, or I want to tell everyone what they're supposed to do or them tell me what I'm supposed to do. But this is what I wanted to share. When I have this ex- amazing experience, it's not for me, but it's to share with others. It's to share with others to be useful. You know, I want to sometimes just be good and be on my way. Okay, I'm good. I'm on my way. You know, I'm going to lose it then. It's to be in right relationship with God and the world around me to be of maximum usefulness. And I continue to learn that, you know, every day. So um, I'm just happy to be here and grateful for this fellowship. And I pass. Awesome. Thanks, Lisa B. from Greenville. All right. So here we go. We're going to take another lineup. Uh, we value everyone's experience, so we ask that you do limit your share to every Thursday in order that other shares <clears throat> might uh, be heard as well. Who would like to share? Pamela P. Pamela P. Pamela P. Pamela P. Pamela P. 
So here's who I heard. There was it was a jumble. <laughs> I'm just like sitting here patiently. Okay, I heard Pamela P and Dwight, and that is all I heard. I can't Vasa O. Carmela G. Did you hear Irene? Okay, let me tell you who I heard. It's a great paragraph. Who would want to share on this paragraph? Okay, here we go. I'm just going to tell you who I heard. We'll we'll clean it up a little bit. I heard, um, oh gosh, my spelling is terrible. Pamela P. I heard somebody BT. So if you can unmute again and tell me your first name, that would be great. Um, then I heard Dwight. Then I heard Lisa. Irene B. Lisa BT. Lisa. Thanks, Lisa BT. Okay, then I heard Irene. Then I heard Al. Um, and then I heard a Carmela G in there. And who did I miss? Seneca T in Fort Worth. Seneca. I knew I heard a Fort Worth in there somewhere. Thanks, Seneca. Vasa. All right, let's stop. And Vasa. Thanks, Vasa. Vasa O. Okay, so we have Pamela, Lisa, Dwight, Irene, Al, Carmela, Seneca, and Vasa. Take it away, Pamela. Pamela, press star one for me. Oh. Hello, this is Pamela P. for New York. Thank you so much for your service. And everyone's got sharing. Um, wow. So right now, um, I am in relapse, and but I'm not giving up before the miracle happens. I have been in recovery before, and it was amazing. And I always say, I just pray that it lasts. And this disease is so scary, it, you let it. And it's just, it just hard. But I know nothing too hard for my HP, which it got. And right now, I just feel like I was sent to life in prison without parole. And although everyone telling me, in my diseased mind, just to forget about it, to end it. I just feel hope. You know, um, the thing that came to my mind when I heard the paragraph is the hopeless fear hope. That's how I feel. I feel hope that I'm going to get out of this. I, I, and yesterday I messed up again. And it's just well because of me. And the thing I must learn from when I read the paragraph, I must delete everything about me. Everything about me got me in this place. I must give myself up completely and then let God to take over and renew me. And God has done this in different parts of my life. But when I let the food take over, I lose everything. Everything God had done for me start disappearing because the food become one. And I'm just, I'm really trying. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling so much. But I hearing all of these beautiful shares. And I say, you know what, God, what you do for them, you could do for me. And what you did for me before, you could do it again. So that all I want to say, I love your guys. I love vision for you, and for that, I pass. Thanks so much, Pamela P. from New York. Up next, we have Lisa B.T., followed by Dwight M. Go ahead, Lisa. Hi, good morning. This is 
This is Lisa BT. Um, I live in Guelph near Toronto, Canada. Um, this paragraph, I think the piece that really stood out to me is the idea that, that there is a wide, a wide path here. And, um, and you know, what, what I first found, um, 12 steps and a food program, I thought I was already in my forties and I just thought this exists. Like I, I just thought I was on my own with this stuff. Um, and I, I didn't know there was anything like it. And the very first thing I thought was, I found my people. Um, and yet, I still had a lot of problems with, um, you know, um, being off and on. Um, to relapse and then, and then success and so on. And, um, and I think I understood wide path as the opposite. It's like, no, no, it's really narrow. I have to... Um, I have to not have this and cut back on this. And these are the tools I have to do. And I, and I was looking at it so much from, from that perspective that it wasn't until hearing it again this morning, having just completed my fifth step, first time ever I've actually worked the steps, even though I've been in the rooms for, I don't know, 15 years plus or so. I've never worked the steps. Um, read the big book and studied it and so on, but never worked them. And... Lo and behold, I'm doing my fourth step in story. And I thought, oh, my goodness. Really? I, I, these things I'm kind of carrying around, they were these kind of just mm, really all about me <laughs> is, 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 um, is, is what really came to light. But, but, but obviously with great kindness around in order to be able to look honestly. Um, and so this morning when I heard... Um, the, the path is wide and broad. I understood it not from my own little self, um, what I need to do and how I'm going to get better. I understood it more from all are welcome here. Um, anybody can come. Whatever place you're at, you can come. Um, whatever is meaningful to you as, as far as a higher power goes, that's fine. Whatever your story is, if you, as I have, you know, fall away into relapse. The thing that amazed me was I was always welcomed back. There was never, um, no, you know what? Clearly, you're not successful at this. Um, you're not. You're you're not welcome. None of that happened. And uh, having been some some of the scales falling from my eyes, having done a four step, I see it very very differently this morning. And what a privilege and and gift to be able to have more clarity of vision. Um, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks, Lisa B.T. from Canada. Up next, we have Dwight M. followed by Irene B. Good morning to you, Dwight. Hi, good morning, Jen. Thank you for your service. Uh, Dwight M., grateful, recovered, uh, compulsive overeater from Ohio. Uh, a couple of things stood out from these paragraphs to me. One is uh, circumstances made him willing to believe and I think that's been where I've had to be is willing to believe I grew up with a really, um, really strict religious background and had a faith in God, still have a faith in our higher power. I call God. And, um, what I wasn't willing to believe early on is that God had any, any thought or any reason to try to do anything with food for me. I didn't, I didn't believe God cared about my food. And uh, I know food is just a symptom, uh, that our, Spiritual fitness is what God really cares about, and I know though that working on my spiritual fitness, it's been able to keep me from 
eating the food that uh, has kept me in, uh, in bondage. So I'm grateful that uh, my higher power has, in fact, helped me with the spiritual fitness and that that is keeping me abstinent one day at a time. The other thing that uh, stood out to me from these paragraphs is some of us grow into it more slowly. Uh, that's definitely been my experience. Um, I never had a, a white light experience when it came to being delivered from the food. I had more of a gradual educational variety, as they talk about in the back of the big book there with the spiritual uh, awakening. And I think sometimes I vacillate between feeling the, that it's a miracle and sometimes I don't I don't feel that miracle. I, I think every day that I hear um, people that are really optimistic and really excited about the miracle, and then some days I'm just not feeling that. But uh, I am grateful that there are people who testify to me and, and promise me that, that there will be miracles, there will be healing. And so I'm grateful for all of you all who remind me of that. And uh, I do trust in that promise that God has come to all who have honestly sought him. And uh, that's what I'll rely on for the um, for staying abstinent, and I'll rely on you all, and I just appreciate you for helping keep me in the program. So thanks for your thanks for your service. I'll pass. Awesome, awesome, Dwight. Thanks for your share today, Dwight M from Ohio. Up next we have Irene B. Followed by Al. Good morning, Irene. Good morning, Jen. Thank you so much for your service. I'm Irene B. A great, I mean, a grateful, recovering, recovered bulimic from Louisiana. Um, I'm overwhelmed with emotion because um, because I'm human. I'm going through a very difficult time, and by the grace of God, the miracle happened in me, and God somehow relieved me of bulimia, and now I feel much better. I feel my feelings better. And um, it's been really, really difficult. And um, I found myself desperate, the gift of desperation. So I remembered, go to Daddy God. He loves you. Not that I reject you. He's there for you. All of my life I thought that that he had abandoned me. And I just realized that that's not the case at all. He loves me very deeply and he's shown me time and again and I just haven't been able to see it. And I can't see it because of the self-hatred. Uh, and that's what my illness is about, is my self-hatred. And only God can deliver me from that. And the food has been lifted, but I I didn't get sick about this because of the food. I got sick with this because of the obsession of the mind, because of the torture, the pain, the emotional pain. That only food and disassociation could address, you know, just don't feel it. Don't feel it, don't see it. It's not real. And um, this program teaches me how to connect to my daddy God. 
and I call him my daddy God because all I ever wanted was for my daddy to love and approve of me. And that's why my higher power is my daddy God, a God who loves me and approves of me unconditionally. But I could never have gotten to the relationship that I have with him without the help of all the spiritual helpers along the way in my life and ultimately without this program. I wanted to know God. I just didn't know how. And the miracle of recovery is amazing. And I'll just say that in spite, and I'm going to wrap it up, in spite of all the desperation, the thought of picking up is just not there because the hell that comes with that. I remember the hell. That's the miracle because I never remember it. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thanks, Irene B. Up next, we have Al followed by Carmela G. And if you all would take uh, two minutes, 30 seconds, hopefully we can get uh, the next couple of people in. Vasa, we might not be able to get you until second hour. So, Al, go right ahead. Yeah, I'm Al G. from Connecticut. It's good to be here. I, I just wanted to say this, this program is amazing. I, I'm sitting here, and I'm a 170-pound weight loss from, this pro, from God in this program, and that's a miracle. And I am not a, a slave to the addiction of food because I keep coming back, and I started doing the work. I was around the program for 35 years, but at one point I said I, I, I reached so low I couldn't even walk to the, into my house. My knees were killing me from that 170-pound overweight. I'm now at my correct body weight because I, I opened the big book and I did the work. I got the sponsor. I got the sponsees. I read the steps, and I keep coming back, and I got a good food plan. And more is revealed. The more I work in the program, God reveals himself. I, I cried out to him in pain. I was ready to die. And, you know, I'm very sad because this week a person who got me into programs passed away, and I believe because of the, this, the, 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 this disease of compulsive overreading. It does, it does, it's cunning, baffling, and powerful, and it does, um, it does damage to us. But God, my understanding, working the steps and, 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 and getting a daily reprieve, and I, I pick up this book every morning. I go to the meetings because it's my medicine. It's a daily medicine. Once I got it, I have to keep working. And the whole deal is it, it's an action program. I, 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 I open up that book and read it like, like I never did before, and I understand it. And I, I, I sometimes say to myself, I, 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 I went you know, I, I went by the, I broke the sound barrier, if that's what you want to call it. And, and God flowed in and he showed me what to do. And people and the places and things came to me to help me. I understand my addiction. I understand my spiritual m- m- malady of this program. But it is amazing feeling. That freedom, I, I can't begin to tell you. It's like a breath of air, a cloud. Um, and and it, it really, really works. The whole idea is keep coming back. Don't don't walk away from it. The miracles will happen if we keep coming back. Read the book. Get to the meetings. Do service. Help another sick and suffering. And when you're in pain, 
Oh, my God. He's, Bill said it, too. When he was in pain, what did he do? He went out and helped another sick and suffering person. And, 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 and then he was able he was able to keep his recovery because God is pleased with that. Every time we do it, he gives us a high five. And, and I just absolutely love this program. I love the people. And I, I beg of you all, keep coming back. It, it works. It works. A miracle happened to me. It can happen to you, too. That's all I got to say. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks, Algie from Connecticut. All right. So it looks like we're going to have time only for Carmela G. I asked Seneca and Vasa to stick around for a second hour if you can. My apologies. I don't know what happened today. Um, but Carmela G., go right ahead. You have three minutes. Thank you so much. This is Carmela G., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from New York. Thank you all for being on the line this morning. And what really got me in this um, paragraph is it summed up my entire 67 years prior to program. I was egotistical. I was, I didn't know what the word humble meant. And it was only through working these steps that I realized I was an egomaniac and a pompous, arrogant woman. And it was only through the love and the miracle Oh, that God gave me that I was willing and my mind opened up and all of that honestly came out and I admitted it because I used to say, no one is going to tell me I need another degree because I had all those letters after my name. I was misimportant and I was acting as if I were God. So I was not what I thought a woman of faith. I was my own made God. And through these steps and through the openness and honesty that I learned about, the last two lines, the promise, God restored us to our right minds. And he has come to all who have honestly sought him, sought him. And when we drew near to him, he disclosed himself to us. What a beautiful way to end a paragraph and end a chapter. So anything is possible if we get out of ourselves, totally surrender, and allow God to do his work and that is how I live my life today, every single day. And with that, I pass, and thank you all. Awesome. Thanks so much, uh, Carmela G., for taking us out and sharing those promises at the end of the chapter. And thank you to everyone who shared today. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. So grab your pen if you want to know the share ID for today. For Thursday, May 17th, the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting, it's 16,936. That's 16936. So we're now going to close with a reading from the big book, so located on page 164, and then it's going to be followed by the serenity prayer. Will Elena C. please read A Vision for You? Yes, ma'am. Good morning, everyone. My name is Elena C. from Greenville, South Carolina. 
Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.